0: Thanks for joining us on the Southside Church Podcast. We seek to build real followers of Jesus,
1: so we hope that you find this message both encouraging and insightful. Let's jump in. Hey there, thank you so much for joining us today. Welcome to Southside Online. I'm so thankful that you would take a part of your day, valuable time, and use it to what we hope would be to grow your faith. Here at Southside, we want to build, our desire is to build, our mission is to build real followers of Jesus Christ. And That looks like this to us. We want you to know God. We want you to know him in a personal way. We want you to find biblical community in some setting, be it in the local church, somewhere close to you. If it's in this area, come join us, be a part of us, and uh, let us see you grow deeper in your faith because that translates. When you know God, find community, and grow deeper, you you, you help us make disciples of yourself and of others because our vision is to is to make it real easy to go to heaven from right here where we are in northeast Georgia to wherever God sends this message or and or sends our people or really his people because Jesus told us that he gave the church as a whole his mission in a Commission The great commission is to go into all the world, everywhere, and preach the gospel. That's not just a message to a guy like me. That's to everybody that chooses to call themselves a follower of Jesus Christ. Go into the world and preach the gospel. Baptize them that, that believe and say yes in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And Jesus says, and teach them to obey everything that I have commanded you because I will be with you forever even until the end of the world. And so that is his commission to us, and we have to decide whether or not we're gonna be a part of it. Today, we are continuing through a series that we're calling Unfinished, and, and what it means to live life as the church. The church, not just Southside Church, not just another local church, but the church of Jesus Christ. How, what does it look like to live as His people, His church? And that church, that movement, that mission was launched through the Book of Acts, and that's what we've been doing as a church family: is reading through the Book of Acts together. And I invite you to do that with us. It's very simple. You can take and go to your app store. You can find the Southside Church app and uh, download it. Under weekends, we. Have have sermon notes and recent sermons and all kinds of different things that tie in with that questions memory verses reading plan all kinds of things that can help you grow your faith in a in in, in a in a deeper way and so today, the church, the mission of the church is unfinished. The, Jesus said on the cross, he said, it is finished. Well, what was it? It was the the, pen, the payment for the penalty of our sin, the sin of the world. Jesus finished that. He paid for it with his life, his blood, his sacrifice, and that was finished. But the mission that he came to fulfill was just getting started, and it was to be launched through a group of people that we see in the book of Acts that numbered about 120 people. But today, when we read this story in Acts chapter 3, it's numbering in the thousands. As a matter of fact, some scholars believe that within a few months, within just a few months of, of the church launching and the Holy Spirit coming into the lives of these early disciples, that that just that hundreds of thousands of people had become followers of Jesus, that it was a revival that spread throughout Jerusalem and the surrounding areas. It was contagious And people were trusting Christ and following him and receiving his spirit, and it was powerful. And if it happened then, I believe it can happen today. I believe it can happen in this community, through our churches, through our homes, through our families, through our people that are willing to say yes and believe that the mission of the church is unfinished. See, see, there's a huge gap that we have today. I believe when it comes to our faith, There's a huge gap between what we read in the Bible and how we live our lives according to the Bible. So I just believe there's a huge gap. There's a huge gap in my own life. When I I put this together and when I read these things, I see it in me before I even begin to try to see it in somebody else. It's just reality. There's a huge gap between what I read in the Bible and how I live my life. And so when I read stories like we're gonna read about today, I, I, I'm, I, I'm tempted just to just buzz through it and say, that happened then, it couldn't happen today. But the same God that lived then, that served then, that empowered then is the same God that does that today. And so the gospel message of Jesus was not just an offer of forgiveness. It was his call to enlist. The gospel message of Jesus, that he came into this world to save sinners such as us, was not just one of forgiveness so that you would pray a prayer, ask him into your life, and then go about life as usual. No, no, no. It was a call for us to enlist. I I, I read this. I thought it was so good. It said, it was a recruitment to join the great mission of God in proclaiming his world uh, or reclaiming his world from enemy opposition. It was not a call to withdraw into or away from our churches to await our rescue from this fallen world. It's an invitation to join God in restoring, reforming, and redeeming every person on the planet. See, the lives of the first disciples were so different, were so different. Pre-death of Jesus versus post-resurrection of Jesus. They 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 were so much uh, attached to him that that they had this inward focus. They 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 really were living not by faith but more by fear and this passive life that just attached themselves to Jesus that expected him to do everything. And I, I see so much of that in our life today. I see it in our church today where we've just really, the church as a whole has, sung, and at least in America, has turned inward rather than outward. We, we live more by fear than we do by faith. We let passivity rule our lives rather than being infused by the passion of God. And so today, I hope you see this and I hope you understand this and I pray that God reveals this to you, that you and I have a role to play in God's plan of redemption. There is no plan B. There is no backup plan to come along. You and I are responsible. We are responsible as followers of Jesus to tell a lost world about all that he does for us. One of the, one of the values that, that, that I pray we hold here as a church is this, every person matters. Every person that comes onto our properties here in Redstone or Commerce, every person that watches online, but really even beyond that, every person that we come in contact with in our subdivisions, in our neighborhoods, our schools, our rec departments, our communities, our grocery stores, everywhere we go, we interact with people that need to see Jesus before they see us. How does that happen? How does that happen? Well, it first happens when you, are, are, when you come to know Christ as your Savior, and then you allow the Holy Spirit of God to fill you with his, with his passion and his purpose. And when that happens, we realize the role, or we come to know the role that God has given us to play. You have a story, you have a testimony, and your story matters to God. And so, today, as a church, if we're going to live as the church, if we're going to impact this world with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit, what does that look like, and what must we do? Three things today. Number one, we need to learn to look out instead of in, I just said it. The church has a, in America has become so inward focused that we are no outwardly good, and where people people are are, we worry more about where where that somebody whether or not somebody gets our seat on Sunday than a lot of times. What does this faith look like outside of here? And Jesus constantly gave his followers uh, 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 words and challenges that forced them to look outside rather than inside. And so here, if we're going to fulfill the role that God has given us to play, we need to learn that, 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 that we've got to look out instead of in. Acts chapter three, it's a powerful story. I love this story in the book of Acts. Now, Peter and John were going up together to the temple complex at the hour of prayer at three in the afternoon. So at this particular time, in the early days of the, the start of the church, they were still living by the Jewish system, calendar, religious uh, ways. They were going into the temple. They would generally go three times a day, morning, noon, and afternoon, okay? And so this is the last time that they would go into the temple of this time. They would come in for prayer, they would come in to give their tithe, or what they would would call their alms. They would give that back to God. Peter and John have found themselves. In the I guess they would for us today they would have just become TikTok famous. They have gone viral in the past few weeks, and so Peter and John are now um, partly responsible. People are seeing them this way; they're seeing them as the ones responsible for this revival that is sweeping Jerusalem. At this point, thousands of people have become followers of Jesus. And so Peter and John are still doing what Peter and John did. They are going up together to the temple complex at the hour of prayer at three in the afternoon. And a man, a man who was lame from birth, was carried there and placed every day at the temple gate called Beautiful. So he could beg from those that were entering the temple complex. Here's some context. Herod at this particular time had, 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 had taken the temple of God and had turned it into this magnificent wonder. It was considered one of the great wonders of the world at this particular time. And as you were going up into this place, to this temple, there were nine gates that you could enter the temple from, from the outside in. And so one of these gates is here. They called it beautiful. And it was made, these gates were, were elaborate in nature. They were so beautiful, so ornate. They were made of Corinthian bronze, which at that particular time, it it just Silver and gold, gold paled in comparison to this site. And so here, this man who has been handicapped from birth, from birth. I mean, he's, 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 he's well into adulthood, and here he is being carried every day and placed at the temple gate. And he was there, he was placed there so that he could beg from those entering the complex. And and he's he's just sitting there, he's taken there every day by some family or friends, and he sat there. That was his lot in life. And it's happened so much so that this is an everyday thing for him. There There was no work, there was no making a living, there was no sustaining himself in life. This is how he survived. He is in a survival mentality. He is very much inward focused because that's all he knew how to do. He's looking for basic needs and necessities. I don't know that we're much different than this man today in our culture. The world, really, society, culture in which we live today, so much of how we live our life is geared to turn us inward instead of outward. We focus on what we want, on what we need, on what we desire in life so that the American dream can be fulfilled. We can have money, we can have things, we can have notoriety, we can have ease and comfort. And so because of that, it turns us inward. We see that everywhere. We see that in frustrations in life, be it in a drive through line or somebody upsetting us in some way or, or, or whatever it is, the pursuit of fame or money or life or things. So, so it's very easy to become inward focused and focus on the me rather than the we. And this guy was no different. This man was crippled, this man was on on crutches, he was chained up to life and to the handicap that he had. And so here, he's just sitting there daily asking people for a coin or two so that he could buy some bread, so that he could sustain his life another day. Acts 3 says, when he saw Peter and John about to enter the temple complex, he asked them for help. To him, Peter and John were just two more guys, two more religious men that are going to church. This man is a picture of what religion will do. He lay at a gorgeous gate of a dead religion, a religion that boasted of its law and its legitimacy, but it could do nothing to help a paralyzed man. This religion found him a beggar and left him a beggar. But something was different about Peter and John. It says, Peter, along with John, looked at him intently. And they said, look at us. See, when you know Jesus, you have something to do. When you know Jesus, when Jesus comes into your life and takes hold of your heart and his word grabs hold of your life, you realize that you've been saved for a purpose, When you know Jesus, you have something to do now. You have something in your life that is significant and important. Because that's what a lot of people, a lot of people just don't see themselves as valuable, don't see themselves as important. Well, I want you to know today, you are important. You are important. And when you know Jesus, you have something to do. And so here we see this man in this particular shape and form, and he's dead. He's just dead on the inside. He's dying on the outside, and he's begging for food to sustain a dead life. Here we see this. We cannot ignore God's mission to our community. Peter and John could have been like everybody else, maybe drop him a coin and keep going in, because their mission, that we would see it as our mission is inside. I mean, if, if if I believed that my mission was inside this place, I wouldn't be preaching to a camera. I wouldn't be talking to you because you're not here on this property. You're not here, so so that would in turn tell me I would be saying to you, "You're not important." But I, I disagree with that. I believe I'm talking to people today that are watching. Whether you can't come to church for some reason, or you're watching from another place and you found us some way online, I'm doing this because I want you to know you are important. You're important to us, but more than that, you're important to God. And we can't, as a church, lose our, our, our outside focus because of the inside needs or, or, or just the, the things that happen on a weekly basis. And so here we can't ignore God's mission to our community. So we have to look out instead of in. We have to focus on the outside more than we do the inside. We simply have to value not just what we believe, but also the behavior associated with it. And here's this reality for people that sit in the church today. Some people just come and they sit and they take in so much knowledge, they just get fat on religion. And when you get fat on religion, you become no good to the world. And God wants you to be useful to him, not just, just, he doesn't just wanna work on the inside, he does that so that he comes to work on the outside. Number two. To realize you have a role to play, we have to practice faith over fear. It's a practice. We gotta look out more than we do look in, but we've also got to practice faith over fear. Why do we have to practice it? Because sometimes fear wins. Sometimes we get it wrong. Sometimes faith doesn't always just come in this neat package Sometimes it requires courage. Sometimes it requires great strength. Sometimes it requires coming, overcoming ourselves and the addictions to change, the handicaps of life, the things that we've been taught, even to experience the faith and power of God in our life. We have to practice faith in order to overcome fear. Look at what he said. Remember, Peter and John looked at this man and said, Look at us. So he did. He turned to them expecting to get something from them. He came, he, I mean, you would too. I mean, this, people are just walking by. Maybe every so often they'll drop something in the plate. But but these guys stopped, looked at him, said, look at us. This is his day. I mean, I'm thinking if I'm this guy, this is my moment. This is it. Here's the the big one. These guys are focused. These guys are looking intently at me. This is going to be something good. They're going to give me something. This is going to be great. This guy wasn't in. There was no way this guy was expecting what he was about to get. Peter said, I don't have any money. (laughs) I don't have silver or gold. I mean, can you imagine this guy's ready? He's like, oh yeah, here he comes. I'm gonna be able to feed myself for maybe a week or two. Maybe these guys are gonna do something even better for me. And the first thing Peter says is I ain't got any money to give you. But what I have, I give to you. (laughs) Part of me doesn't even want to go any further. In this slide, what I have, I give to you. It's impossible for you and I to give to somebody what we don't have, what we haven't first experienced in our life. What I have, I give to you. He said, in the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene. Get up and walk. How do you say something like that to somebody? I mean, because part of me wants to say, if I truly believe this and I truly lived it, I'm gonna go find somebody that's handicapped today, somebody that's blind today, somebody that's sick today. And I'm gonna say, what I have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Boom. Get up and walk. Then remember, you have a role to play. You have to practice faith over fear. Then Taking him by the hand, he raised him up. And at once, his feet and ankles became strong. Taking him by the hand, he helped him up. This guy's never been able to walk. He's been crippled from birth. There was no time in his childhood where he crawled, where he rocked back and forth, where he stood up and looked like Elvis for a minute and his knees were shaking and his, 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 his legs were shaking and his knees were weak. There was no, there was no standing up, falling over and, and taking a step and learning and getting it right. There was no running There was no no playing outside. There was never any of these things. There was nothing that he had ever experienced in his life that would even give him a remote chance of doing this. He didn't know what it felt like. And so he jumped up. He stood. And he started to walk and he entered the temple complex with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. There was no thank you, gentlemen, for doing this for me. God bless you as you go into the church. There was no, no, no any of that. This was a complete, complete transformation of his life. This moment... He said, silver and gold I don't have, but what I have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. Thomas Aquinas or Aquinas, was visiting the Pope And they were talking about the state of the church and the Pope looked at this follower of Jesus and he said, Thomas, in today's world, the church has no need to say to the world anymore, silver and gold have I none. What he was saying was, the church was rich and overflowing with money. He said, we don't have to say what Peter and John said anymore. But Thomas Aquinas looked at the Pope and said, you're right. The church doesn't have to say any longer to a lost world, silver and gold, have I none? But sadly, sadly, the church also can't say to a lost world, get up and walk. Because somewhere along the line, we've started focusing inward instead of outward. We quit practicing faith over fear. When this happened, all the people saw him walking and praising God And they recognized that he was the one who used to sit and beg at the beautiful gate. So they were filled with awe and astonishment at what had happened to him. See, when you know Jesus, you don't just have something to do. When you know Jesus, you've got something to give. And if we don't pursue God's mission, then our community misses out on the hope that God offers them through Jesus. See, you and I can't give what we don't have. And the role that God has given us to play is for us to focus out instead of in, to practice faith over fear and finally to live with passion over passivity. Peter then stands up to these people that were amazed and he began to speak to them. He began to preach. I love it. The guy that's been healed is standing right there with him. I picture him. You know, he's just like that's right, that's right. Listen to what he said. That's right. All he knew, he didn't know anything about. Je- I mean, he probably knew about Jesus because I don't know that anybody in Jerusalem at this point had not heard about Jesus the Christ. But he had never experienced the power of Jesus in his life, and he never would have if Peter or maybe not, maybe he would or not if Peter and John had walked by him, but they didn't. They stopped. And they gave them what they had. For the next couple of chapters, everywhere they go, there he is. They're preaching. There he is. The religious leaders come and lock them up. They didn't just lock up Peter and John. Guess who else they locked up? The man that was lame. He's like, hey, man, I go where they go. I'm just with them. You know, and then they let them out the next day and they stand before the most powerful and religious people of their day. Peter, John, and that man, (laughs) he's standing right there like, yeah, that's me, that's me, I'm the guy. No one could refute what had been done because they practiced faith over fear. They let their passion override their passivity and they simply gave what they had. See, when you know Jesus, you got something to do, you got something to give, and something to say. Today, I, I'm, I'm just, I mean, I put it together, and I'm sitting here talking to you in a camera, and I'm thinking about my own life, and I think about where I turn inward instead of outward, where I focus more on my fear rather than my faith. And I let passivity override my passion. And because of that, people die and go to hell. Because of that, people are sick. People are broken. People are hurting. And I don't know what needs to happen today. I don't know what needs to happen in your life in my life, what happens in our church, what happens in our country. But if we don't do something... We're not going to live as the church. We're going to end up living as the world. And we're going to miss on what God has called us to do. We are his instrument for reaching a lost world. And if we say no, how are they going to know? If we don't experience his power in our life, and let that in turn infuse other lives then we're simply saying to a world that is lost and on their way to hell go ahead because we don't care today I don't have silver and gold that I can offer you I may not even get to meet you or know you. But the one thing I can give you is a real savior. Is a relationship with the God of heaven. That doesn't just give you forgiveness of sin or a place in heaven. But he gives you real eternal put something inside of you that nobody else can. And when he does, literally anything is possible. Today, my question is, do you know Jesus? If you don't, the Bible says to call on his name. Confess him with your mouth and believe in your heart and you will be saved. But More than that, it opens a door for you to enter into a life with him where literally anything is possible. Today, I want to offer you the gift of salvation and the power of the Spirit of God to fill your life in ways that you could never imagine. If you don't have a relationship with King Jesus, pray this with me today. Say, God, I need you. God, I believe in you. And God, I believe that you sent your son to be my savior. Say to Jesus, Jesus, I repent. I repent for my sin. Jesus, forgive me for my sin by your grace. Restore me to you. Say to him, Jesus, be the savior and Lord of my life because I'm ready. I'm ready to follow you and I'm ready to say yes to you today. Amen. Listen, if you prayed with me, let me know in the comments today. I said yes to Jesus. I'm ready to begin a journey. Look, if you don't go to church and you live in our area, come see us. Come be a part. Come see me at Redstone. Come see us at, at, see Pastor Cole at Commerce and say, I watched online and Pastor Jeff said to come and tell somebody that I am here today. Come be a part. Let us love you. Let us help you get started in this journey of faith. Because I pray more than anything, that you would experience the power, the love, and the grace of Jesus Christ. And He takes you to places that you could never possibly go on your own. May the Lord bless you and keep you today. May He make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you, and may He bless
0: you with peace in Jesus' name, amen. If you made that decision today to say, yes, I do wanna choose Jesus, I do wanna acknowledge Him as my personal Lord and Savior, Congratulations, we could not be more excited for you. And we want to help you in that process and answer any questions that you might have and provide you resources. To do that, simply text JESUS, that's J-E-S-U-S, to 706-449-0870. And one of our pastors on staff will be in touch with you because we want to help you as you walk out your faith. If you thought, you know what, I would like to contribute to all that God is doing in and through Southside, I would like to partner with them. You can do that in three simple ways. First, you can text GIVE, G-I-V-E, to 706-449-0870. Secondly, you can do it on the Southside app in the GIVE tab. Lastly, southside.online. You can do it through the GIVE section on our website. Thank you so much for being here with us today, and we hope you have a great rest of your week.